Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
בחסדך בטחתי, יגל ליבי בשועתך, ואני בחסדך בטחתי, יגל ליבי בשועתך, ואני בחסדך בטחתי.
כל אדם מחפש מקומות ונופים חדשים בעולם. הוא חוצה יבשות וימים במסע של הנפש לשם. על כנפי מחוזות הדמיון הוא מפליג בספינה אל הים, אך בסוף זה הלב, הלב שמוביל, מוביל אותנו לשם. כל הדרכים משלילים, מקדישים, משתתים, מובילים לירושלים. כל התפילות, הדמעות, בקשות, מחשבות. J.M. in the A.M. To say we're off to a great start is an understatement. A Tuesday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. with Avramo, Avram Fried, Yerushalayim Shabalev. If you missed the um, the morning that Avram Fried was here, in addition to our archives, you could see all the action by going to facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. There's a video of Avram Fried's most recent visit to JM in the AM, and it was a good one. Uri Davidi had Birch HaSa'av. Mayim Rabim, that was Derech Achim. Levi Cohen and Kila Shem. Va'ani from Sandy Shmueli. Mylech Cohen with Vina Hapoch. And, of course, Regesh with Modani opening things up. 
and we say good morning. It's a Tuesday on this October 17th, the 27th of Tishrei. Good morning, everybody. The year is 5778. Tufshin and Welcome to a, uh, as I like to call it, the 5778 season in earnest. As we continue every single weekday, Monday through Friday, with JM and the AM and amazing programming after 9 a.m. and on the weekend as we just provide everything you'd ever want from an amazing, incredible network. Uh, I thank you for tuning in and for being part of it. We love your comments on the app. Go to the NSN app, Nahum Single Network app for Android and or iPhone, and you can comment away. Let us know where you are, what you want to hear, what's going on, etc., etc. Listener Maisha says good morning. Listener JM wants to hear some eighth day. We did a lot of eighth day during bonus JM this morning. A lot of eighth day. Uh, but we'll get some eighth day during JM and as well. Hey, why not? Um, 46 degrees. Pretty chilly out there in the New York area. 73% humidity. Winds are north. Six miles an hour. Sunny today with a high 61. Sunny tomorrow with a high of 73. We shall lie at 75. We're at 46 here in New York. Hope things are good and calm wherever you are on this amazing globe of ours. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here on a Tuesday morning. It's JM in the AM.
Do we say goodbye? 
חייב אדם לזכור, חייב אדם לזכור, שכל מה שעושה השם הכל לטובה, שכל מה שעושה השם הכל לטובה, חייב אדם לזכור, חייב אדם לזכור, שכל מה שעושה השם הכל לטובה, שכל מה שעושה השם הכל לטובה Thank 
And I call out for answers Over the ocean's roar And I try to find a reason So waves crash against the shore And the question still comes back to me How could this occur? I look above to J.M. and the A.M. Mikolos, done by Aryeh Kunzler. Uh, before that, Barry Weber, great song, Hora Besimcha, MBD, Hakola Tova, both off Mona, volume number seven. Eighth day at Rox Machot, by request, Mordechai Shapiro's Machar uh, was in there as well. Tuesday morning broadcast, J.M. and the A.M. Well, Lenny Solomon 
Uh, and Schlockrock, they are debuting a brand new song each and every month. That's how it's working now. And as Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan approaches this coming Friday and Shabbos, Lenny and Schlockrock are set to release this brand new one. It's called Shabbat is Real. Shabbat is Real. Brand new Schlockrock for Cheshvan 5778 right here at JM in the AM.
JM and the AM, it's the debut in honor of the uh, upcoming brand new month of Cheshvan, because they're doing one debut a month, of Schlockrock's Shabbat is Real. Shabbat is Real information, of course. Uh, schlockrock.com, schlockrock.com. Uh, for all the info on uh, all of Lenny's great work, uh, the great Lenny Solomon. And um, you can utilize the opportunity once you're on the website to uh, purchase uh, uh, 30 plus albums worth of uh, great material that we've loved to feature over all these decades right here at JM and the AM. 46 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 61 tomorrow to the mid 70s. It is a Tuesday morning broadcast. Welcome and love your uh, your app comments, those of you who are. And by the way, I, I checked this morning the number of registered users we have now on our app. That number just keeps on climbing and climbing and climbing. And I thank all of you, not only for utilizing the app, but taking the time to register and interact with us on a regular basis. Um, so if you go to the app uh, for the Nahum Single Network app for Android and or iPhone, all you got to do is click on the uh, part of the home screen that says add a comment and you are all set. Tomorrow morning, by the way, here at JM in the AM, uh, I believe one of the most significant uh, Jewish music conversations um, of 2017 will take place. And the reason I say that is because I've always been of the opinion that everyone has to see Safam live in concert at least once. And they've been doing this for 40 years. They have a unique and incredible sound and one that... Uh, a lot of people out there don't even realize that certain songs are Safam songs. And on Sunday, December 3rd, they're coming to Livingston, New Jersey for the Atid Society for the Kushner Schools. Tomorrow we'll have an opportunity to talk more about the event. And like I say, those of you out there uh, who are uh, potential Atid Society uh, members and supporters and or just want to see a great Jewish music act and certainly a unique one, uh, reserve that date. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, watching them after all these decades in Livingston, New Jersey on December the 3rd. Some more of that tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Toe from JM the AM. בליצה לשעה שתיים, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. מחוז הרקה, מכונה בירת דאעש בסוריה, שוחרר לחלוטין בידי הכוחות הכורדים. כך על פי סוכנות הידיעות של האופוזיציה הסורית. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. המרכז הסורי לזכויות אדם שמרכזו בלונדון מדווח היום כי הרקה נפלה בידי הכוחות הכורדים בסיוע חיל האוויר האמריקני. אם הידיעה נכונה, זו אחת המפלות הגדולות של דאעש מאז הקמתו. עכשיו נותר לשחרר את אלפי תושבי העיר, וכמובן למצוא את מפקד הארגון אבו בכר אל-בגדדי. בסוריה עדיין קיימים אזורים בשליטת דאעש. צה"ל עצר חשוד שחצה את הגדר לכיוון ישראל בצפון רצועת עזה. כתבנו צחי דבוש מוסר כי אלה חשוד לא נמצאו כלי נשק, והוא הועבר לתחקור כוחות הביטחון. ראש הממשלה נתניהו נפגש הבוקר עם שר ההגנה של רוסיה והבהיר לו כי ישראל לא תקבל התבססות צבאית איראנית בסוריה, כתבנו מיכאל האוזר טוב. 
הפגישה בין השניים הוקדשה ברובה לצעדיה של טהרן בסמוך לגבולה הצפוני של ישראל. כשראש הממשלה נתניהו אמר לשר הרוסי, איראן צריכה להבין, ישראל לא תאפשר את התבססותה בשטח. גם סוגיית הגרעין עם איראן עלתה בפגישה. ראש הממשלה נתניהו אמר שאם העסקה לא תשתנה בתוך שמונה עד עשר שנים, בידי טהרן יהיה ארסנל של נשק גרעיני. במשרד התקשורת עובדים על תחליף לתאגיד השידור הציבורי. שר התקשורת איוב קרא סיפר בגלי צה"ל, הוא יוזם הקמת קרן לתמיכה בהפקות מקור. אני יצאתי להקים קרן שהיא תפעל במסגרת החוק עם מכרזים לתכנים ציבוריים חשובים, שתעלה לנו אולי 100 מיליון ואנחנו נחסוך 700 מיליון לקופת הציבור. שימו לב, עומסים כבדים מורגשים בשעה זו בכביש אחת לכיוון ירושלים בשל שיירת מחאה שארגנו הנכים מלטרון למעון ראש הממשלה. בחירה במשרד הבריאות נעצרה בחשד למעורבות בפרשיית הברחת תוספי מזון לספורטאים תמורת שוחד. כתובתנו עדה שטייף. מדובר בהתפתחות נוספת בחקירת להב 433 שנחשפה לראשונה לפני חודש. אז נעצרו בפרשה מנהלת תחנת הסגר בנמל אשדוד ושני מהנדסי מזון במשרד הבריאות. הבוקר נעצרה עובדת בכירה במשרד הבריאות ושלושה יועצים. החשד קיבלו שוחד מיבואן על מנת לאשר תוספי מזון שאיבה לספורטאים. השלושה יובאו בצהריים להארכת מעצר וצפויים מעצרים נוספים. ומזג האוויר בהיר עם עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. ולסיום, עמוד הפייסבוק של הצינור ינוהל על ידי ארגונים חברתיים עד להכרעת הסכסוך המשפטי בין ערוץ 10 לבין גיא לרר. לאחר שפייסבוק ישראל הודיע שלא ניתן לפצל את דף הפייסבוק של הצינור לשני דפים שונים, גיא לרר החליט שהעמוד ינוהל בידי ארגונים חברתיים שבוע-שבוע לכל ארגון, עד להחלטת בית המשפט בדצמבר. הצעד הזה הוא צעד חד-צדדי, לרר לא נדרש להסכמת ערוץ 10. מטעמם טרם נמסרה תגובה. זה הדיווחה של כתבתנו שירה נאות. אלה החדשות שעורכת קוראל יעקבי.
Oh 
Tomorrow, we're going to get an opportunity to really talk about the Safam. They are coming to New Jersey. Uh, the Kushner Schools, Atid Society, is going to be hosting them the first Sunday in December. Uh, it's been a while since we have discussed a Safam concert on these airwaves. I am encouraging everybody who has never seen them in concert, certainly those of you who have seen them in concert, you know how great they are and how professional they are. Uh, but if you've never seen them, you got to come out December 3rd, and we'll talk more about it tomorrow with representatives of the uh, Kushner School here 
on JM in the AM. 28 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning, everyone. My name is Nachum Siegel. Before the uh, Nachum Musafam selection, Amram Adar with the Yehudi Ma'amin here at JM in the AM. Um... Before Amram Adar, Michal Przanski with Bow Near Code. That's brand new. Shooting for the Moon is the name of the album. Uh, Soul Farm had the Bub of Nigun from the very best of Kalbach, Chabad, and Breslov. And uh, Ohad opened up the hour with Lamelech and Malchuska. By the way, speaking of Kalbach, don't forget, coming up the first Saturday night, Sunday, and Monday morning of December, of November, of November. It'll be the art side of Rav Shlomo Kalbach, the 16th of Marcheshvan. We present again the 24 hours of Kalbach. We've been doing this for over 20 years. The 24 hours of, the 24 plus hours of Kalbach, I should say, are being presented starting on Saturday night, the 4th of November. And we have many sponsorship opportunities online at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you want to sponsor the 24 Hours of Kalbach will be among the people that will be recognized all through the night and day uh, for their contribution in honor of somebody, in memory of somebody, for a Fush Lema for somebody. Uh, during the uh, presentation of all the hours of Rav Shlomo Kalbach's music, you could do so right now by going to fjbunity.org. You'll see it smack in the middle of the sponsorship opportunities, fjbunity.org, and we thank you. All that, All those funds help us keep going here at the Nahum Siegel Network. 7.30 in the morning, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zecher Nishmas HaRav Zeb, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Zecher Nishmas Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. And might I add, uh, to please pl- uh, please continue to pray for Rafur Shlema, for Shmuel Mayer Ben Esther. Shmuel Mayer Ben Esther. And as we always say, your help with that is greatly appreciated. Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizot. Good morning. We read in Shira Shirim the words, Suga Bashoshanim, hedged with roses. Rashi tells us that for roses, it's sufficient to have a small fence because no one's going to break it in order to enter. At Matan Torah, Hashem Yisbarach made a gather around the har, a fence around the mountain. Hashem said, Be careful not to go on the mountain not even to touch it. Why is such an important double chumrah or double warning given together with an onish? The answer is that Hashem wants to enroot in us that there's a tanai, there's a stipulation for Matan Torah. There is a concept of a fence that is not to be broken. The altar of Kelim surrounded his famous yeshiva with a fence of stones. There was a gate, and there was a key on the inside of the gate on a hook. The way to open it was to reach inside, get the key, and then open the gate. They would return the key to the hook, and then close the gate again. Everyone who entered or left was supposed to close the door, lock it, and leave the key on the hook. And that's what everyone did. There was also someone in charge of the key. At the end of the daily Seder, that person would lock the gate, take the key with him, and return at the beginning of the next Seder to return the key to its place. Whoever came early, and the altar was one of them, would wait patiently until that person in charge of the key would arrive with a key. 
Once there was a delay. The students all gathered in front of the locked gate and were waiting for the person to come with a key. Suddenly, one of the Talmudim called out, Bittul Torah, this is wasting time. He jumped over the fence and went into the base medrash. The out of Sabotka fainted. When he was revived, he fainted a second time. The altar was very shaken up, and when the students asked him what was wrong, he said, don't you see? He was over a gather. He broke one of the fences. Mi yodeal elu od gidarim avru. Who knows on which fences he's going to continue to transgress. Not too many days passed, and it was revealed that this student had done something very wrong. It showed that his essence was corrupt to the core. We have to realize that the Torah has set up for us fences. Those fences are meant to be watched. When we do, we protect the entire Torah and the whole house of Israel. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. Oh
From the Jerusalem Jubilee album, the Hezri Yeshiva Boys Choir with the prayer for the welfare of IDF soldiers. Our Soldiers Speak, which you could look up at OurSoldiersSpeak.org. Each semester they bring elite active officers of the IDF and the Israeli National Police to present substantive policy briefings at key college campuses select professional venues, and to members of the United States Senate and House of Representatives. Uh, you could visit OurSoldiersSpeak.org. They also have a big dinner coming up, which we're going to talk about here at JM in the AM. It is with great pleasure that I welcome Sergeant Benjamin Anthony to these airwaves. Sergeant Anthony, Shalom, Shana Tova. Welcome to JM in the AM. Uh, good morning to you, Shana Tova. Um, you know, I had a uh, a sergeant in the Israeli Defense Forces at my table over the Chag, mm-hmm. and she is currently a student in one of the city colleges here in New York, and she's, mm-hmm. she said she forged a lot of uh, early semester friendships, and then uh, at some point she revealed that she's an Israeli, and all of a sudden those friendships started to uh, melt away, and I think she's hesitating to even indicate to anybody on the campus that she actually served in the IDF for a couple of years. Uh, this is this is quite a battle that you and your organization are facing, trying to uh, change public opinion or campus opinion around this country. Yes, I think unfortunately the the experience that you just described of the young sergeants around your table is very reminiscent of what we grew up with in the United Kingdom as individuals who were pro-Israel, who might have been pro-IDF and who would otherwise have been proudly Jewish, we very much had to live a furtive existence. But that was in the UK. The fact that that's now been transposed onto American campuses is deeply concerning because, of course, what takes place in America has far greater consequence towards global affairs, and particularly towards Israel, given the place and position of the United States on the globe. So we saw the issue. We saw the issue when, frankly, very few people were talking about it, in no small part because of my upbringing in the UK. I was sensitized to what was taking place on the campuses, and we decided to battle back against it. But we do so in a sophisticated way, in a strategic way, and in partnership with the IDF, the Israeli National Police, 
and also on occasion the government of the states of Israel. I, I don't see any other option but to fight back. Where where's the where's a typical battleground? Which campus did you start? You know, where, where did you begin this whole battle? Well, the first campus to which I went actually was a campus in New Jersey, the most difficult of campuses that I ever spoke at, and I'm going back some years now, was, oddly enough, at Brandeis University. A lot of people are very surprised when I say that, but Brandeis University was an event that was particularly hostile, and it was under the auspices of a Jewish professor, I remember, by the name of Gordon Feldman, who I believe is still there. And the accusation and allegation and vilification against the states of Israel that came from that campus, uh, I'm talking about now in 2007, 2008, was really, really very, very difficult and very pervasive. But we've changed the way that we work. The way that we work now is that we bring senior-ranked active officers of the Israel Defense Forces, up to and including at the rank of general, to present at preeminent graduate schools in addition to the undergraduate schools on matters of policy, bringing Israel's voice to the global conversation, because Nahum, the, there are a lot of issues that many people felt were the exclusive preserve of the state of Israel to tackle, such as lone wolf terror attacks, such as homegrown terror. But in actual fact, these have spread now to the broader global community, and Israel has a level of expertise from which the international community wishes to learn at this stage. So there's an opportunity here. Sergeant Benjamin Anthony with us. Uh, it would seem to me that might be more intimidating for the uh, for those who are opposed to Israel on campuses, when you bring high-ranking generals or more high-profile people, I would think that would lead to more protests and uh, and and more of a uh, you know tense situation on some of those campuses. So we actually find precisely the opposite. A lot of people, when we first decided we were going to start working with the IDF on the campuses with individuals uniformed, felt the same way and counselled as and cautioned as against so doing. But in actual fact. This is the difference, Nachum, between education and advocacy. When you bring somebody who is an authority who actually fixes the doctrine and the policy of the country, what you feel back from the student community is a level of respect, a level of deference, and a willingness to learn from that individual, knowing that they're not coming to campus in order to spread shallow talking points or slogans. We found it very successful, and we regularly enjoy audience at campuses as uh, as prestigious as Harvard Law and the Kennedy School and the Fletcher School and Georgetown, all at the graduate level, in addition to the undergraduate level. And we're really changing the conversation now. Interesting. And and going forward, we, we actually have now a specialist branch of our lecturers who are formerly Uh, service members in the IDF or former ambassadors. We're going to be bringing a Supreme Court justice next semester. We bring very, very significant figures from the states of Israel, and it's all about robust discussion, and it's actually very well received. What percentage of your funding comes from the government of Israel? Well, the government of the states of Israel will give matching funds to us for the delegations that we bring to the states of Israel from the United States, from Europe and actually from 10 countries globally. So every dollar uh, that is given to us is matched by the government of the States of Israel for incoming delegations of elite graduate students from the areas of law, international relations, uh, and media. Because we believe that the students today, of course, will be the policymakers of tomorrow, and the influences will likely emanate from these three sectors of education. In the year 2017... Uh, your people have visited how many different campuses? 
Uh, over 2017, we've probably hit about 50 campuses. Wow. Nice. And, and several of those are return campuses. We go back to the same campuses. So we enjoy the friendship of leading students, most of them not Jewish students, incidentally. And they're always keen to open their doors to our perspectives. Sergeant Benjamin, Benjamin Anthony is with us. OurSoldiersSpeak.org is the website. On Thursday, November 2nd in New York City, you have a dinner. Uh, it is Balfour Day. I'm glad you reminded me, by the way, that November 2nd is Balfour Day. This is a very important right. year, of course. It's the 100th anniversary uh, right. of the Balfour Declaration. At the dinner, you're going to have Colonel Richard Kemp, former commander of British forces in Afghanistan, speak. Why is he an appropriate presenter for Balfour Day? Well, of course, the significance of the Balfour Declaration was that it was the first international power to declare its support for the establishment and reconstitution of a homeland for the Jewish people in the state of Israel now as it is today. It's appropriate that a former commander of British forces in Afghanistan, not of the Jewish faith, but wholly assigned to the virtue and the justification of the existence of the state of Israel, speak to that. And we're very proud to have Colonel Kemp. He's somebody who has brought a voice to international fora all over the world consistently for years now. And we're very, very pleased to be able to bring his words on the centennial celebration to our audience in uh, in the gala dinner on November 2nd. And Mike Pompeo is going to be speaking as well. Director Pompeo is going to be our keynote speaker. The director is somebody with whom we forged a relationship during the stabbings I'm sure your listeners will recall the, the, the stabbings that went on in the state of Israel for a sustained period of time in 2015. We actually briefed Director Pompeo when he was Congressman Pompeo up on the hill, bringing a member of the Israeli National Police there, Superintendent Mickey Rosenfeld. We then briefed then-Congressman Pompeo at the headquarters of the Israeli National Police Media Center in Jerusalem, showing him footage that was too graphic, frankly, to be broadcast more widely. And he then chaired a briefing up on the Hill for staffers and policy advisors in coordination with our organization for the senior legal advisor to the Israeli National Police, Brigadier General Shaul Gordon. So he's been extremely gracious, and we're, we're frankly humbled to have an address uh, by the director, and I will be interviewing him after his prepared comments for the benefit of the audience. I wonder if, um, if if others on the Hill, and specifically in the State Department, are looking uh, uh, are looking with a skeptical eye at the director of the CIA for appearing as keynote speaker at your event. Well, I can't speak to um, what people might be looking at from the State Department. I can only tell you that Director Pompeo's friendship with the State of Israel is something that I've experienced now over several years, and I therefore view it as absolutely appropriate that he would come and that he would speak from the position that he now holds. I can assure you that he'll be speaking purely in his capacity as the director of the CIA, of course, right. and he'll be speaking about that policy. So uh, I don't think anyone should view anything as scams. I think it's very, very positive. The dinner's happening at uh, Capital, downtown Manhattan on the Bowery. Uh, again, it's November the 2nd, Thursday night. I'm assuming that this audience... Um, um, uh, in terms of um, uh, kosher food and its support of Israel, I'm sure they'll feel comfortable at this event, correct? Yeah, the, the, this is very important, incidentally. We serve a fully kosher meal at all of our events. A lot of events in the pro-Israel space, unfortunately, can fall short of that standard. It's fully kosher, Collective. an open, <laughs> open bar, fully kosher, wonderful lineup of speakers, 
and it's on November 2nd, as you said, in uh, in Capital, in the Bowery. And we'd be honored to have people's presence. There are still some, uh, some tickets available. And people should come and show their support uh, because actually our organization is a grassroots organization that got its start, Nahum, from going to synagogues in the United States. There's synagogue centers to campus. And as we went to those campus, those individuals who we met in the synagogue then turned us into an organization. So it's, it's very much an American tale, our soldiers speak, and specifically an American Jewish tale. Yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you, know, it's funny, the sergeant that I just alluded to who was at my table who I met over the Chag, I said, yeah. to, I said to her she should be a Doveret. She speaks so well and, and makes Israel's case so well that you know she should be she should be out there on the lecture circuit around the campuses. Our, you should introduce her to our team. I, I agree with that. And also, in addition to that, I'd like to see college students in general from this area feel comfortable at this event. Uh, can, can, they, can they negotiate with you and get a student rate to come and enjoy the dinner? Yes, they can negotiate on anything except land concessions. <laughs> 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 tell, tell them to contact us. They, they, they have all of the details there at OurSoldiersSpeak.org. And there is actually, incidentally, a price point specifically for students, which is subsidized by some of our supporters. So everybody should feel very comfortable coming along. And there will be a strong student contingent. There will also be a strong young professional contingent. And then our more established friends will be there alongside. So we're an organization that takes the idea of the Israel Defense Forces and transposes it onto the pro-Israel world here, meaning that everybody in the IDF, regardless of pecuniary ability or background, is serves, gives the best of themselves, and we want to therefore enfranchise everybody here from within the pro-Israel community to ensure that they can attend and represent and support, regardless of where they necessarily are within their own lives. So students are more than welcome. We'd be honored to have them. Sergeant Anthony Kolakavod. Kolakavod. OurSoldiersSpeak.org. Go to the website, everybody. Encourage, especially encourage the younger people in our community and certainly the ones who are on college campuses that may not be friendly to Israel. Encourage them to be part of this, to go and to enjoy the dinner and to be educated about it and to become a spokespeople themselves. In addition to the speakers you bring in, I'm sure you encourage those of all ages, especially the students, to become uh, active and uh, and um, and to become vocal when it comes to issues about Israel on their campus as well. Absolutely, and they do, and they become very informed. And just to make a very swift mention of that, the, the presentations on the campus are just the beginning. When we go to the campuses, we then bring the top of that contingent to Israel, and then when that contingent returns from the mission to Israel, we bring them up to Capitol Hill. They escort our generals in their senatorial and congressional briefings. They co-author op-eds, and we provide actually tailored uh, follow-up for those individuals. So if a law student wishes to write a paper with the military advocate general, we will arrange that. We actually have a graduate of our tour last year who came to Israel for 10 days, and the follow-up she requested was a six-month internship at the Supreme Court of the State of Israel. This is a lady not of the Jewish faith studying a concurrent degree at Harvard Law and the Jackson School of Global Affairs at Yale. And that internship at the Supreme Court, arranged by our organization, commenced some three or four weeks ago, and she's now there for a six-month period. So we really are expert in ensuring the end of a presentation on campus is the commencement of a deep, 
substantive relationship with Israel. Well, Kolakavod is all I could say. Uh, OurSoldiersSpeak.org. I'm going to try to stop by November 2nd. After all, it's walking distance from here. I don't think I have any legitimate excuse. I'd be delighted. We'd be delighted to to have you there. Not to be there for some parts. I hope to see you and celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Balfour Declaration. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope many of our listeners come out and enjoy the dinner on November 2nd. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on. OurSoldiersSpeak.org. Check it out. Very worthy cause. Eight minutes before 8 o'clock. This is JM in the AM. Israel, <laughs>
Jakob Schwecki. My thanks to General, uh, to Sergeant Anthony, rather. Sergeant Anthony for joining us. OurSoldiersSpeak.org. That big dinner is coming up on the 2nd of November. 100 years to the day of the Balfour Declaration. I'm glad he reminded me about that because that is a significant anniversary, to say the least. And we'll get a chance to talk about it, no doubt, as we get closer and closer. I want to thank those who are commenting on the NSN app, and I thank again those who have uh, registered on the NSN app. Those numbers are going up like crazy. Uh, thousands and thousands of registered users, and I take great pride in that, so thank you very much. Um, let's see, what do we have? Uh, we have, uh, can you play some Brachos Vahodos from Mordechai Shapiro? All right, we'll see if we could do that. That's one of our comments. Yitzchak is listening in San Antonio. Thank you very much, listener Yitzchak in San Antonio. Appreciate that. Um, he says, great music and commentary. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Nachum says, Yehudis, I heard you debuted a brand new Schlockrock song. Yes, yes, yes. Can we play it again? Maybe. We may do it again, actually, before 9 o'clock. It's possible. It's a good song. It's a good song. Uh, listener Adam, loud and clear from Jerusalem. Thank you, Adam. New York to Montreal says, uh, what? Oh, I think you, yeah, he was referring to, um, Rabbi Goldwasser's, uh, presentation request for Shai Abramson. We'll try to do that. And the listener Ruby telling us about the uh, trip to Israel that she enjoyed over uh, Pesach, over Sukkot rather. So I thank you for that. 8 o'clock in the morning. It is, in fact, America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com. On the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Thank you all for tuning in and, um, and being part of our listening experience, as I like to say. Request for Mordechai Shapiro. Here he is, brand new. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. It's Avramo. It's Avram Freed. Maslul Mechadash from Kamatov. Michal Przanski before that with Mia Ish. It's brand new. Mordechai Shapiro, brand new by request with Brachos. 
Tuesday morning broadcast. It's JM in the AM. Hello, hello. Tomorrow we get to talk about the Safam concert coming up early December for the Kushner Schools and the uh, Atid Society. Uh, as I always say, if you've never seen them in concert, you gotta you got to make it your business to see them at least once. And you'll have that opportunity in New Jersey coming up at the beginning of December. Talk more about that tomorrow here at JM and the AM. By the way, we've announced that the uh, 24 Hours of Kalbach is uh, set to go November the 4th, Saturday night. November the 4th, it'll begin 24 hours plus of Kalbach, 24 plus hours of Kalbach, I should say, because it looks like we will dominate Monday morning show with his music as well. If you want to be a sponsor of our 24 Hours of Kalbach, it's very simple. Go to fjbunity.org. We'll be announcing the sponsorships all through the 24 Hours. Go to fjbunity.org. You could donate in honor of somebody, in memory of somebody, for a foolish lema for somebody, uh, whatever the occasion might be. Again, go to fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. You'll see all the information. Quarter after 8 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Coming up at 9, it'll be JM Rewind. We'll take a close look at our conversation right after Yom Kippur with uh, the rabbi from the Chabad in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, That'll be part of JM Rewind today. You can imagine what they're going through down there, and boy, do they need help. And uh, they have a website where we can help and uh, participate, ChabadPR.org, uh, I believe. I hope I'm right about that. I'm sure that the uh, the website is mentioned certainly more than once in that conversation, so you'll hear it during JM Rewind uh, this morning. That's for sure. And... Um, uh, that'll be coming up later on this morning. Plus, uh, ZK's live lunch. I, I don't know if ZK's going to be hosting or if Rummy's going to be hosting, but there will be a live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's a great live programming. We do encourage everybody out there to comment on our app. Utilize the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone to comment and recommend it to your uh, friends as well. Also, uh, now that we have um, gotten into the... Uh, into the um, robust part of the 5778 season. Let me remind everybody that if you have friends who can only listen by actually dialing a phone into our uh, into our network, that's fine. Just give them the number 605-562-4400 605-562-4400 dial into JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel network 24 hours a day. Leif Tahar is next. It's JM and the AM.
Zevi Weinstock and Ari Zucker together, a, a great song, wonderful single entitled Shir Shel Shevach here at uh, JM Name. Chaye Olam, Naftali Blumenthal, that was introduced to us uh, uh, before Yontif. 
a great single, Chaye Olam. Leif Tahar had Hallelujah here on a JM in the AM uh, Tuesday. Uh, thanks for joining us. 46 degrees in New York with sunshine, a high of 61 tomorrow into the 70s. Um, right now we're at 46 in this area. Reminder that the 24 hours of Kalbach is coming up the first weekend of November here at the Nahum Siegel Network. If you want to be a sponsor of the 24 Hours of Kalbach and to donate in honor of or in memory of or for a Fush Lema for somebody, uh, just go to fjbunity.org. Go to fjbunity.org. All the information is there for sponsorship opportunities. And you could join us in presenting a 24-plus Hours of Kalbach presentation, uh, which is done each year in his memory here at the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
set here at JM and the AM. Tuesday morning broadcast, always providing interesting guests here at JM and the AM. Rabbi David Pardo is with us live via telephone. Apparently, uh, when he and his wife were up at Brandeis as a JLIC couple, we had them on the air. Uh, now he's director of the Bring Israel Home uh, Project, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment, and the director of the OU's a uh, portion of the um, of the, or I should say, the, the director of the OU birthright department. As many of you have uh, heard in the past, the OU is one of the, if not the biggest, birthright providers in the uh, Jewish world. Rabbi David Pardo, a uh, happy, healthy, sweet New Year to you, and welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's great to be here. Happy Cheshvan coming up. How do you? Uh, how long do you think it was uh, since we've spoken? Since you were 
up at Brandeis, and uh, we got you on the air. Oh, shoot. Uh, a few years, huh? Had to be two years ago, I think. Oh, it's a two, couple three. years. A couple years ago. Interesting. I remember when I was this tall. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and there you go. Uh, um, so this is interesting because, uh, I mean, I, you got to tell me about the beginnings of all this. I have analyzed the website. Bring Israel Home, and everybody can go to bringisrealhome.com, bringisrealhome.com. It seems like a very effective follow-up mechanism for those who've been to Israel for a birthright or birthright-like type of trip. Is that essentially what you've been trying to do with this website? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the, the thought is, the world that we're coming into, is that birthright is maybe the most exciting thing, the biggest... Uh, project undertaking that the Jewish people have done since, uh, I don't know, 1967. We're talking about sending, at this point, 40,000 Jews to Israel every year. They've, they've already sent 600,000 Jews to Israel. Wow. And what happens, you go to Israel for 10 days, and you could be anybody. You could be a kid who's you know, been in yeshiva. You could be a kid who's just figured out two weeks ago that you're Jewish. You know, any level, any, any kind of the, the range of the kind of kids who are coming into these programs is unbelievable. You get your mind blown away. You feel connected to your Jewish heritage. You feel connected to a country you've never heard of before, you've never been to before, and you're, you're, you're suddenly connected in a way you, you don't understand even, and you're spending Shabbat and riding camels, and you're on top of Masada, and then you come back home, and then, two, <laughs> and then you're posting pictures, and then two weeks later, what happens? You can't keep Shabbat on a camel in New York City. Right. Just, you know, how do you translate that experience? So the vast majority of kids come back from this trip, strong affinity, really uh, positive feelings about Israel, about Judaism, but totally unable to translate that into a lifelong commitment or, or, or translate it into any kind of concrete experience. So what we do is we, while they're still on the trip, while they're still excited, we ask them how excited they would be for a reunion. And they're willing to rip their fingernails off for reunion, and you know, to to see the Israelis again, to see the right. Americans again. And in order to earn that reunion, they have to enter the hundred point challenge. And by the way, you earn the hundred points is by getting on this website. This website is a it's a it's a web app, and it connects you to hundreds of different Jewish opportunities. So we're using this reunion as a foil to get kids involved in. Anything they want, they're able to customize their own Jewish experience. Oh, able to, so so when they able to say, so when hmm? they are writing articles about advocating for Israel or reflecting on their birthright trip or something uh, having to do with ritual or spirituality, all those things are earning them points. They're earning them points, and meanwhile, they're able. You know, no, we're not dictating to them like right. birthright follow up means this. They can decide. I want to host a Shabbat meal. Right. I want to right. go to Jewish museum. I want to visit Israel for two months. I want to visit Israel for ten months. Did Bring Israel <clears throat> Home exist before you? Are you the founding uh, uh, director of all this? Oh, I, w I wish I could claim credit, but no. Uh, Bring Israel Home was founded in 2012. Um, and if you actually look up on uh, E-Jewish Philanthropy, there's an amazing article that was co-authored, just to show you the, the scope of, of the power here. It was co-authored by someone from Aish and someone from the Reform Movement. Wow. <laughs> Talking about how amazing this is and how incredible uh, the opportunity is here. No, it's very impressive. Re very impressive. All right. David Pardo is with us, director of Bring Israel Home. 
uh, also directs the OU uh, birthright department. Uh, are the numbers uh, through the OU the way they've been? I mean, you described the, the 600000 and the incredible 40000 per year from birthright in general. Is the OU still a tremendous um, a vehicle uh, for getting those birthright uh, applications into, uh, into birthright? Yeah, so our, our birthright department, uh, led, led by uh, Sharon Darak, is uh, really incredible. Israel Free Spirit, they do incredible things. Yeah, and I'm very true. fortunate to work alongside her in Birthright Follow-Up. We, our department actually works alongside Israel Free Spirit and other trip organizers. So yeah. our goal is really to be able, in my department, is to be able to convert, translate the Birthright Israel experience into concrete, lifelong commitment. Um, for anybody. So we work with seven uh, different trip organizers, which is, which is really awesome because they, you know, they're in competition with each other, right. but they're all willing to come to the table to figure out what happens to the participants after the trip. Very cool. Uh, the whole idea is really remarkable. I, I, assume these, I assume the participants sign up while they're in Israel, right? They get their, their login and password while they're there. And then they, they get can... the login and the password. They get the pitch. They, and as a bus, they accept the challenge. They can only do it as a bus. So it's really they're driving themselves, but they're also driving each other because this, the, they only get, we'll only fly in the Israelis if 30 of the 40 bus participants completes 100 points. Right. You, you must have some unique um, recommendations when it comes to Shabbat meals and other types of programming that they could undertake because of your experience on the campus. I'm sure you, you and your wife are doing a whole bunch of diverse things uh, you know, for the campus population uh, while you were up there. Oh, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're very lucky that way. Um, but we're, at Bringers Our Home, we're also fortunate that we we don't uh, we partner with other organizations. So our goal is to direct right. the birthright alumni to the people who are doing amazing things on campus, amazing things for young professionals. We have strategic partnerships with uh, dozens of organizations. Hmm. A lot of them doing a lot of great work. Um, uh, can can the average person who is not flying to Israel? And who is not, uh, you know, a birthright participant gained from viewing the material on your website? So right now, the way we're structured, we're built for birthright follow-ups, specifically kids coming back from Israel right now. But I do hope that we'll be able to expand the program to act as a follow vehicle for any trip, and maybe not even uh, just follow, but be able to uh, kind of do to. Judaism for Young Adults, what Uber did to taxis, to be able to connect right. users to all sorts of programs, things they didn't realize are happening around the corner or happening uh, within their neighborhood. Because just from the beginning of some of these pieces, it looks like they have a lot of very inspiring things to say. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one, of the, one of the cool things about the program for me is that in order to get your points, you have to prove that you did the whatever activity was, depending right. on on what it is, you usually have to write up a post, right? If you host a Shabbat meal, we're not asking for pictures of it, but you have to write a post about how it went. So we end up having, we have reams, reams, thousands, tens of thousands of uh, built-in testimonials of things that uh, we're watching kids kind of explore their Judaism, explore their heritage, uh, and it's really cool. This summer alone, uh, our participants did 25,000 different Jewish activities. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. The list must be a very interesting one, to say the least. <laughs> a lot of cool things in there. Yeah. Uh, who took over for you guys up at Brandeis? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Isaac and Talatia, big fans. How are they doing? They're doing great. 
because your reputation was uh, was remarkable, what you were able to do on the campus and all the different uh, cooperative efforts with other organizations and just trying to not not just revive Jewish campus life, but really keep it you know as strong as possible. Uh, thank God. We had a lot of fun, but the ultimate strength of the program is, is watching it continue, even in your absence. Yeah, no question about that. Do you miss it? I do sometimes. Uh, there's something about being 18 forever that you, you can't buy anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, that's for sure. Uh, you gotta come, I, you got to come in here one day. we got to talk about college campuses from your vantage point. We speak so many times on this program uh, with people who are visiting campuses, special speakers representing Israel, becoming active, you know, when things really get hot and heavy, you know, in terms of certain sensitive things on campus. But I would love to speak to you about, uh, you know, actual life 24 hours a day uh, with these students. It would be an interesting conversation. So I'm inviting you publicly to stop by one day and, ha- and have that conversation. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're doing it on the air, then I'm going to have to accept. You just tell me when. Yeah, all right. So we're going to arrange that because there's a lot to be said, no doubt. And I think a lot of people out there, parents and others, don't realize some of the positive and sometimes not so positive things uh, that the kids are going through on these college campuses. And I'm sure you can uh, give us more insight into that. It is. It's a whole world. It's a whole world. Yeah, no doubt about it. Rabbi David Pardo, uh, he's director of the Bring Israel Home program. There is a website that is open for uh, birthright participants. It's done in this very unique and interesting way uh, to help them uh, follow up from their amazing Israel journey and uh, keep those memories uh, as fresh as possible, uh, hopefully leading to even bigger and better things. And he directs the OU Birthright Department at the Orthodox Union. They are doing quite a job, as we know, each and every year. Uh, sending so many uh, students, young people, to Israel under the birthright umbrella. Um, it is really a uh, a remarkable job that's being done, and the numbers, thank God, continue to grow and grow. Rabbi David Pardo, hope to see you here very soon, and thanks so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward. Thanks so much, Nachum. Big thumbs up to the OU, doing great work, and this is just another uh, front that they are covering remarkably. Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. That's high off of the Thankful album done by Shalshellis Jr. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for commenting on our app, the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. We love your comments. Um, let's see here. Is there a birthright for adults, somebody asks. An adult Jewish singles. Um, there are a lot of adult programs. I don't know if they're subsidized. I don't know if there's such a thing as, you know, quote unquote, free trips for Israel. Once you get to uh, over the age of 26, that's a good question. In fact, you can contact the OU. If there is one, they'll certainly know, uh, to where, uh, they should direct you. That's for sure. Uh, JM in the aim. Well, earlier, uh, a request for a, um, for another, um, play another, um, Another round of Shabbat Israel. It is the brand new Schlockrock single that Lenny Solomon has released for the uh, Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. Every Rosh Chodesh, Lenny Solomon releases a brand new Schlockrock single. This is the one that's in honor of Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan, which begins on Thursday night. We, of course, have it here to debut it for you at JM in the AM. It's called Shabbat Israel, brand new Schlockrock at JM in the AM. Maybe I want to make it close your Shabbat tonight. 
brand new one from Schlockrock in honor of Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan here at JM in the AM. There it is. Called Shabbat is Real. Wrapping things up with Mordechai Shapiro on a Tuesday broadcast. JM Rewind is next, including our conversation with the rabbi of Chabad in Puerto Rico. Very interesting post-Yom Kippur conversation about what the people of Puerto Rico are going through after the massive hurricane. It's all coming up on JM Rewind. And live lunch starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved... N S N app. Wraps up a great edition of Jam and the AM, if I say so myself. Plenty more tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. JM Rewind comes up next. Don't forget you can continue to support. Our incredible network by going to fjbunity.org. The category is uh, sponsorship opportunities at the top of the page of fjbunity.org. And uh, the 24 Hours of Kalbach is now up there. Please become a sponsor of our massive special, which goes from Saturday night through Monday morning, the 24-plus hours of Kalbach. Would be greatly appreciated. Have a fabulous Tuesday till tomorrow. And I'm reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.